This is Dr. Elvira Lang. I am an Associate Professor of Radiology at Harvard Medical School, and I'm also the owner of Hypnology 6, a company that trains medical teams in communication and hypnosis. You are listening to ReachMD on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Many view the promise of stem cells as something far off in the distance, but these regenerative cells are nearing commercialization in the area of plastic surgery, particularly for women suffering from breast cancer. You're listening to a special focus on cancer on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Dr. Mark Hedrick. Dr. Hedrick is president of Cytori Therapeutics. Before becoming Cytori's president in May of 2004, Dr. Hedrick was chief scientific officer, medical director, and a director of the company since October of 2002. Before that, Dr. Hedrick co-founded and served as CEO of StemSource, Inc., a company specializing in adipose tissue-derived stem and regenerative cell research. Dr. Hedrick is a plastic surgeon and a former associate professor of surgery at UCLA, where he was the director of the Laboratory of Regenerative Bioengineering and Repair for the Department of Surgery at UCLA from 1998 to 2005. Dr. Hedrick joins us today from Cytori's offices in sunny San Diego, California. Dr. Mark Hedrick, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Hi, Bruce. Well, it's great to have you here because stem cells are in the news, it seems like, in 2009 almost every day. And But what the interesting thing about Cytori is, if you could tell our listeners a little bit about the company and the fact that this is not something down the road for you guys, you have a product you're selling in Europe. We're trying to sell product in about 30 countries around the world. We've been at this about a decade, long before the stories about stem cells were in the news. And our technology is unique because we focus not on embryonic cells, but adult cells. Our cells aren't cultured in a Petri dish, but they're fresh from the patient. They're autologous, so they're not from another patient. And the most interesting part is they're not from the bone marrow, where a lot of adult cells are from that have been used in patients over the last 50 years. But we get them from a patient's own fat tissue. And growing up through my medical training and residency and into my faculty position, having taken out the fat tissue from many patients, there was a recognition down the line that in an era of regenerative medicine and cell therapy, that tissue like fat that was very available that we could get out in large quantities had viable cells in it, and we probably shouldn't throw those away. We should see how we could use those to rehabilitate, repair, or improve disease tissues. And in this application, could you perhaps walk our listeners through, you know, how this works in the hospital or in a doctor's office where it's beneficial to a breast cancer patient? Let me tell you what our process is and then how we implement it in the clinic and then how it would impact a doctor and a patient. So the technology is that we take a few hundred cc's of a patient's own fat tissue to a procedure that's similar to liposuction, although a little bit easier. You put the tissue into our system that we manufacture, can be done completely under local anesthesia as an outpatient. The doctor and, frankly, the nurse, he or she pushes a button in an automatic fashion in the background while the, while the doctor can do other things, the system processes out the patient's own stem and regenerative cells, removing the extracellular matrix 
the mature fat cells, the wetting solutions that the doctors often use, the blood and the other debris, and then concentrates down the stem and regenerative cells effectively in, in a syringe. And that takes a little over an hour today, and we're working to bring that process under an hour. So that really in the context of almost any surgical procedure or medical procedure, as an outpatient, a physician could take some of the patient's own tissue, just like they take blood. In fact, hitting the fat compartment is easier than hitting the vein in many cases. And then take that tissue and process and use those cells back in a variety of ways. So that's implemented through a device and a single-use consumable. And then the lead therapy, if you will, and the one in which we've treated the most patients, maybe three or so hundred throughout the world, is as a reconstruction for breast cancer. And in this case, we use the technology in perhaps a counterintuitive way. And that is we've leveraged the ability of the cells to differentiate or make a blood supply. And so we take some of the patient's own fat tissue, we process it down to stem and regenerative cells, and then we take another group of fat tissue, another aliquot of the patient's own fat tissue, clean it up, and then we combine the cells with the fat tissue as a composite tissue. And that's all done in the context of the machine. The machine does that automatically. And then the physician, presumably a surgical oncologist or a plastic surgeon, takes that amalgam of of fat plus extra cells and then injects that back into the breast where the defect was from the cancer with the idea that now that blood supply provided by the stem and progenitive cells vascularizes that graft tissue such that all of it takes and it improves the quality and appearance of irradiated skin that's often the case in these patients. Well, if you're just joining us or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to a special focus on cancer on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune. And joining me today is Dr. Mark Hedrick, who is the president of Cytori Therapeutics. And Cytori is already selling a product that is helping women who have undergone breast cancer surgery, and it's derived from stem cell development. And Dr. Hedrick, if you will, what are the benefits of a stem cell treatment in breast reconstructive surgery as opposed to what they would have? And I would also you know, call on your background as a, as a plastic surgeon in this regard. The niche clinical niche that we're trying to address with our system in the application we're discussing, which is breast cancer patients. It is for those women, which frankly in the U.S. represents about maybe 60 to 70 percent of the women that have breast cancer that have a partial mastectomy, not a full mastectomy, but a partial mastectomy that can result in defects up to one-third or even more of the breasts that have been removed. And because these are typically not full breast defects, they're impossible to fill with an off-the-shelf implant because of the abnormal contour of the area and because in most cases these areas have been irradiated. And so putting a silicone or other implant under that would be unwise because of the risk of extrusion through the irradiated skin. So without really an implant option, and because the muscle and uh, cutaneous flap procedures that plastic surgeons have used over the past century or so are not good surgical trade-offs because they create a defect in the place that you harvest them, those typically aren't used for these procedures. So these women are often 
in fact, in most cases are told that, you know, be happy they don't have cancer and there's really no good reconstructive opportunity for you, even though you have a very significant defect in many cases that can affect these women from a psychosocial and emotional perspective. They're effectively told to live with it. So the idea is we felt like we could take our technology in a relatively straightforward way and provide a reproducible, injectable, customizable material that's all autologous, that's permanent, that represents the patient's own fat tissue that could go into that area and effectively replace the tumor tissue and the fat tissue that the surgeon removed when they when they removed the tumor. And these women are, tell us about their experiences. I mean, I know it's still early and, and you've treated, how many did you say, 300 or so? We estimate approximately 300 patients have been treated with this technology. And where are they being treated? This is largely in Europe, isn't it? It's Europe and in Japan. And we have a completed feasibility and safety study in Japan of 20 patients that showed that this technique was possible and it worked well without risks to the patient. We then began a larger 70-patient study, which is an efficacy study in Europe, which is about one-third to one-half of the way enrolled. We have follow-up in patients almost to three years of those 300 patients. And so in Asia and Europe, you see a lot of patients being treated and using this technology and it's gaining more and more notoriety, more and more physician satisfaction, and now patient-to-patient recommendation for the technology in breast cancer circles. And how far off are we from doctors in the United States becoming familiar with this? And also, these would be what doctors would be involved in this, primarily oncologists and plastic surgeons? I believe it would be primarily surgical oncologists, general surgeons that do the extirpative part of the procedure and or the plastic surgeons. But either today, outside of the U.S., are performing these procedures. In the U.S., the major limitation today is FDA approval. It's a little bit longer process in the U.S. than it is outside the U.S. for this type of technology. So we're in the process of working with the FDA to try to get this technology into patients, hopefully in 2009, in some of the leading uh, breast cancer care centers in the U.S. Is the FDA, it would seem that the climate for stem cell would be good at the FDA. I mean, are they prepared to take on some of these new technologies? There's no question the FDA has the expertise I think the challenge for us as a company is to find the right group within FDA that has the capabilities to understand our unique technology. Say unique because our goal is not to sell S-E-L-L, the cell, C-E-L-L-S. Our goal is really to sell a, a device and system. It's a glorified scalpel, if you will. It's a tool that surgeons could use in the OR as part of the practice of medicine to have access to a patient's own cells for different purposes. I think back to my days as a plastic surgeon where we use tools in the OR to take a skin graft. And the reason that skin graft works in parts because of stem cells in the skin or to take bone marrow, for example, to rebuild a bone in the face. We would take bone and leverage the stem and regenerative cells as well as the cortical cancellous bone in the graft to rebuild the bone. We would use tools for that. So in a way, what we're doing as a company is selling tools. So we've, in terms of the FDA, the key is to find the right group within the FDA that, that regulates those types of, of systems. Well, you do a great job of relaying these applications. And when you talk about skin grafts and stem cells 
from skin and so forth. You make it sound very simple. Do you see other applications beyond breast reconstruction? As of today, we've treated a variety of different types of diseases. We recently stopped a successful safety and feasibility study for heart attack in Europe. The idea there is that in that study, 12 patients were treated. Patients came in with severe transmural myocardial infarctions. They had a small liposuction. The cells were processed in the cath lab and then injected down the coronary artery in the first 24 hours after the heart attack. So that is feasible. It was safe to do that, and we're now expanding that trial. We've also treated patients with liver failure, incontinence, chronic wounds, and we have several other studies that are underway throughout Europe and and Asia. And given the climate for stem cell with Obama freeing up federal funding for embryonic stem cell research, I mean, this is really going to catch some momentum, don't you think, with the whole field, given what you're doing in the area of breast reconstruction? Well, I think that there's a little bit of disconnect between what you read in the lay press and even sometimes the scientific literature versus what's going on commercially in the market. And so decisions made by President Obama or President Bush before him really didn't affect in a tangible way because we use a patient's own cells, which have no ethical restrictions. They're not cultured, so we don't have the problems with cell cultivation and the regulatory and the quality issues with respect to that. And we use the patient's own cells, not from another patient, so we don't have to worry about transplantation-related issues. So... In the background, while this issue has been playing out in the press, we've been quietly behind the scenes investing uh, approximately $150 million working with our colleagues, partners, Olympus Corporation, Japan, and General Electric here in uh, in the U.S., developing these technologies and, and then bringing them to market. So while for those in the research area, I think maybe some of the, the press and the change environment may may affect them, it really hasn't affected us in a tangible way. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Mark Hedrick, who's been our guest. He's president of Cytori Therapeutics. You'll be hearing more about Cytori. They have an exciting stem cell program, and one of their main efforts here is in reconstructive breast surgery for breast cancer patients. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and I'd like to thank you today for listening.